now. Insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you. Filtered Uncensored here every Tuesday. I thank you for joining us. Uh, we have over 200 and some shows now, you know, at the uh, uh, on iTunes. Today we're going to have a very interesting show. I uh, have to catch up with some email that was just sent to me, but we're going to have uh, uh, Marty Berman, who has previously been on the podcast discussing CBD products. And, uh, but today we're going to have a uh, Todd Davis and another uh, uh, medical consultant to discuss uh, CBD, the endocannabinoid system, deliveries, the science behind it. But before we get to all that, ladies and gentlemen, I do have to keep uh, my attorneys happy, and uh, we're going to do that right now. This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to have a really interesting show today. We have a lot of time, and we may, may even have time for questions uh, at the end. But I do have to uh, tell you about uh, upcoming programs we're going to have on concussion. On November 14th, Dr. Bennett Amalu, who is the uh, person who uh, discovered CTE in football players, who was the inspiration uh, behind the movie Concussion. He was played by Will Smith in that movie. He will be on our program November 14th. And then we're going to follow that program up with uh, uh, Dr. Jerry Smith and Janet uh, Janet Doman uh, and continue on the discussion of uh, uh, concussion because Janet, as you know, has also been on our program before, and she runs an institute in Philadelphia. Actually, it's worldwide treating uh, brain injuries and concussion. So, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, uh, I want to introduce Dr. Dan and Dr. Jerry. Good afternoon, Dr. Jerry. How are you, sir? We're doing good. And Dr. Dan, you're there, correct? Good afternoon, Dr. Ron, Dr. Jerry, and Dr. Marty. All right. So, look, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to, we might as well just get right into this. I, I see some numbers that I think look familiar, and then I'll introduce them in a second. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it may seem like kind of a dial. CBD is something new. It's been used by humans since the dawn of civilization. CBD is a natural constituent of cannabis, a plant that has been utilized for centuries as medicine. But CBD itself was first identified in the 30s and 40s, and its specific chemical structure was not documented, believe it or not, until 1963. The research didn't end there. Many scientists now consider CBD to be their single most important cannabinoid ever discovered. So you may hear more about THC in the news. That's a cannabinoid that gets you high. Yet the CBD is the real cannabinoid superstar. CBD is responsible for most of the health and wellness benefits of the cannabis plant without the psychoactivity of THC, and new benefits are being discovered all the time. 
In this program, ladies and gentlemen, you'll learn from the experts about CBD, your endocannabinoid system. You'll uh, see some research that's being conducted and pursued. And can, can, CBD came out to the world in a big way. You know why? When this, stop, this plant stopped an epileptic seizure in its tracks on U.S. national television, in the time since many enthusiasts have realized that this miracle compound can stop spasms, calm anxiety, and soothe those in chronic pain. But what is CBD? How does it work? How is it different from THC? Well, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned, please. With that being said, I want to just make sure this is our guest today. Is this Mr. Todd Davis? It is. Nice to be with you. Thank you, sir. Glad you can join us, and uh, thank you for taking the time. And uh, I want to thank Marty Berman uh, uh, of the uh, uh, health food store in Brookhaven, store of in Brookhaven. Berman's Health Shop, uh, for starting uh, uh, introducing us to you and introducing CBD to our audience. Uh, good afternoon, Marty. Hi, hi, Dr. Ron. Thanks for having me, and uh, it's great to be here. Uh and uh, uh, Todd, uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, as uh, I know you're the CEO of Index, and you have been promoting CBD products. I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, and that'll give me time to uh, uh, catch up on a recent email that uh, Marty just told me you sent me about another CV of another physician that's going to join us. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Dr. Raza will be joining us today. Okay. Uh Todd, so why don't you give us a little information about yourself and how you you uh, uh, started the, this company, and and then I, what I would like to do is maybe have a little structure in, in talking about what CD, CBD is, how it's sourced, the endocannabinoid system, how it works, uh, the science behind it, and then we'll talk about the diseases and the products that you can provide our listeners uh, to treat these these conditions. Is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start okay, with my so. background. I was uh, I was an investment banker in the 1990s when the biotech boom first started, and I had a background in science. And I I basically took my skills in science and biotechnology and, and the understanding of medical science and applied it to the investment banking world. And I w- it was my job to be the expert between the doctor or the scientist and the investment community. So. I got to see a lot of the early stage biotech getting released into the market in the 1990s that was developed in the 70s and 80s, and it gave me a solid 12-year career in that space. When I retired from being uh, that particular position, I started consulting for the doctors and the inventors of these technologies in a way that allowed these doctors to be able to get new technology to the market. So Index Corporation was one of those companies. It was, a, it was a biotech firm back in the early 2000s that had a promising technology that was, uh, it was positioned to be a potential remedy or solution for dealing with uh, HIV and herpes-related disorders uh, where signaling was uh, in, the, in the human Im- immune system and immunomodulating was a primary Uh, function at dealing with these diseases. So it gave me a lot of experience in that space, and eventually the the company just failed. It had bad management at the time, and they they made some poor decisions with fantastic technology that really could have changed the world then. It is still being developed now. So down the line, uh, Index, we, we turned into an incubator company, and we started developing other technologies. And when we started evaluating this new and uh, burgeoning market, the medical marijuana market, we looked at it from the standpoint of how can they put the word medical in front of this industry when they don't know what they're talking about? There was, there was no talk of dosing. There was no talk of what it actually did, the mechanisms of action, the different components you would need in a normal medical practice or pharmaceutical practice when you're looking at introducing new technology to the market. So we came into the market as a compliance and technology company, but in the background we were doing uh, studies on CBD, and we were trying to understand what about this medical marijuana plant was actually working in the body, producing the results. And what we found when we isolated CBD 
away from the rest of the plant that we had a, a measurable scientific process to determine what CBD or cannabidiol was doing in the body and the benefits that it was achieving. And that's, that's really the premise. That was the background of how we got started. And so I recruited uh, a doctor. We did a, a couple tests uh, with 20 patients. Um, we did 20 patients where we tested on the delivery system of vaping. And then we did 20 patients on the delivery system of oil droplets, oral intake. And then we, did, uh, we expanded out to 40 patients for capsule intake. And ultimately at four doctors in four different sites, testing these different delivery platforms to measure two primary uh, indicators. One is could we reduce diabetic neuropathic pain, so neuropathy. And through the three different delivery methods and working with the dosing regimens, we found the dosing regimens where we could achieve therapeutic value at in all three delivery methods to achieve one thing, reduce neuropathic pain in the diabetic neuropathy patients. And that was our primary concern. And from there, we saw it just cascading through the body, reducing the need for medications, improving inflammation conditions, pain conditions, and many other diseases and symptoms along the way. So that's, that's how we got here. And we started, after we did the clinical testing, we started introducing those products with proper dosing to the market so that people would have an educated method on finding solutions for themselves by u- utilizing this product. Excellent. So that's, that's you know, it in uh, a nutshell. Todd, well, that, that's a great introduction. I really appreciate that. And I just, be while I was looking at uh, <laughs> Looking at that email you sent about Dr. Raz, and I, Dr. Raz is on the line. Uh, I just got an email that says, uh, we have a close friend in North Carolina that takes two-thirds of an eyedropper in the morning and evening and has eliminated gamma peptin that he took for years for leg and foot neuropathy. Uh, looking forward to hearing your show and, and talking to you later. So, you know, right there. It's a I, can tell you, I can tell you this. You know, it, it kind of... It, it adds to what we really found out during during our clinical testing and clinical observation. When a patient treats themselves uh, or starts to utilize CBD, there is a ripple effect. If a, if that doctor that is treating the patient is a, a podiatrist, he's concentrated on the foot, he's looking to reduce pain in the foot. There's another doctor out there, the neurologist, or there may be another doctor in this place, a gastroenterologist or cardiologist. There's a series of doctors taking care of a patient that may have one or more conditions that are out there. When they start taking the CBD and they stop needing gabapentin or they stop needing Imitrix or they stop needing Neurontin or any of these other pain medications that are extremely extremely potent and, and can be damaging, we see the neurologist is now affected in his treatment plan because the patient stops taking the pain medications that were originally prescribed to him. He doesn't need it. And so there's a series of events that takes place when that patient in North Carolina calls in and says, I stopped taking gabapentin, I'm using CBD. The doctors don't always have the knowledge that he took CBD to replace the gabapentin. So there's, through this education process, this is where we're starting to learn how can doctors apply this to their practice? How can they utilize it as supportive medicine or even curative in, in certain cases? Bye. Okay. Uh, uh, let me just introduce Dr. Raza while he's here. Uh, well, we have a moment before we get started in, in, more, uh, in, in with the questions, Todd. Dr. Raza, good afternoon, sir. Could you just introduce yourself to uh, uh, our two co-hosts, Dr. Jerry and Dr. Dan, and to our audience, please? Absolutely. Uh, certainly, I, I, I thank you, gentlemen, uh, for having me on the call. Uh, this is certainly a big passion of mine. Uh, I have multiple reasons to be uh, in this space. Uh, my background, I have a MD in uh, internal medicine uh, from Mount Sinai School of Medicine. I've also completed my PhD at Mount Sinai School of Medicine, uh, really working on uh, the working memory process and how it uh, connects to the prefrontal cortex. Um, uh, just to shed a little bit of light on that so you understand the importance of my future, uh, my upcoming statement, is the fact that 
memory is really involved in every aspect of our existence. It is, it is really memory that we rely upon uh, for our experiences, for our knowledge, for our wisdom, for our better health. So this elaborate system existed, and, and I focused my research and dissertation on that. But, you know, what's funny is that while focusing on this system, such an important system, that science, the whole human endocannabinoid system was left out of it. Uh, it was not entertained. It was not even uh, calculated into uh, the different uh, neurological processes that occur in the memory process. So that took me a step back, uh, and I, on my own, this is 25 years ago, began to delve into my own knowledge of the endocannabinoid system and began to uh, understand as more and more scientific information came out, understanding that scientific information and how it applies to not only my research but the body in general. Uh, and, I, and I created a, uh, a, a, a sort of an ongoing timeline of research and science in the endocannabinoid system. With that, what I was able to do is decipher the importance of CBD um, and uh, how it plays into our uh, body system. It is an amazing system. It is a system that really uh, that affects every other system in the body. It is, it is the, the receptors are present both in the central nervous system as well as in the periphery. One important area of the periphery that is it's present is the immune the immune cells themselves, which uh, are responsible for a lot of the inflammatory cascades that happen in the body. So as, as I began to get more and more information on this whole system, I was able to conceptualize CBD not only on a sort of a molecular level, but also on the level of how it may affect receptor binding, bioavailability, its plasma binding, its own metabolism, how it's converted into an oxidized form, how does it act on the uh, uh, cytochrome P450 system, which is the metabolizing enzymes of our body. So all this information is gathering. Now, I took it to another level in my mind, is that CBD in itself is a revolutionary, incredible compound. But how do we advance it even further? So this is when synergy comes in. We have to understand that this system affects all of the system, as I mentioned, so we need to address that molecule in the same way, uh, allowing it to not only function well on its own, but also combining it with real synergistic compounds that enhances that, those properties. Again, those properties can be bioavailability. Those properties can be uh, absorption through the skin. That property could be how it uh, reacts with the nuclear mechanisms. And, and believe it or not, it is a system that has been present in our body from the most simplest vertebrae. So it, it, it is, it is uh, it's incredible to even imagine approaching human disease without taking into account the human endocannabinoid system because you're missing a big thing. There are studies out there. There are more and more studies that are appearing uh, in, in the scientific literature that is showing the benefits of this simple molecule and how it can really – uh, not only serve as a as a, a, a complete alternative to current forms of big pharma therapy, but assist in the process of tapering, detoxification, as, as an adjunct medication. Uh, and again, it all comes down to balancing the system in itself, maintaining homeostasis, and that's why it's profound effects throughout the body. Every everything from let's say the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. Now, all these accesses are one-vector axis. In other words, they affect uh, the organ systems that are aligned with that axis. If you look at the endocannabinoid system, that axis is multiple. It has multiple vectors. It, it affects the gut to the neural axis, the cortisol adrenal axis, the insulin and sugar metabolism axis, all the way down to the mitochondria in energy production, which, of course, is another thing that really blows my mind in regards to the scientific nature of this compound. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of our cell. It's responsible for ATP. ATP is our energy source. And when you don't have that energy source, you eventually began, begin developing multiple conditions, anywhere from atherosclerosis to cancer to chronic inflammation to rheumatoid arthritis. And this has been shown in studies 
where immune cells are releasing many, many chemicals like leukotrienes and prostaglandins, and all these things lead to damage. And so oh, what, is the, what is the underpinning of all this? It's inflammation. It's inflammation. People don't think of diabetes as an inflammatory disease. They think of it as a sugar disease, but essentially it's inflammation. It is the inflammation that leads to uh, diabetic neuropathy, the retinopathy in the eyes, macular degeneration, nephritis. All those things are related to the inflammation that is being induced by the uh, uh, inflammation itself. So, so we have a molecule here where one of its strongest properties is anti-inflammatory, and it accomplishes that through multiple mechanisms, receptor activation, acting as a, uh, a, a molecule that can turn on and off genes of inflammation. Uh, so it becomes a, a compound that is not only a substance in itself achieving these benefits, but also becomes what is called a nutritional epigenetic factor which is a field that's been growing, and it's, it's going to provide greater information. And simply what it is is the ability of CBD to turn on and off genes. That is huge. Uh, so um, my experience over these years has led me to this point where I need to discover more about this molecule. I need to know more about how it combines with other synergistic materials to really affect disease and improve patient outcomes. And, 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 and really, that's where we are at this point um, with regards to not only my own experience, but our company as a whole, driving that research, driving that education, and, uh, and bringing this therapy to areas that are so unmet, hugely unmet in regards to treatment and therapy. You look at the concussion area, the post-concussion All right, Dr. Syndrome. Let's, 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 just take, let's just take a break, and, and, and let's just get back to, to some basics. Uh, what's this, sure, let, sure, let's sure. just I'm talk sorry. about hemp, hemp oil and hemp CBD and how, how you arrive at this product and how important is the source and do you take into account uh, glyphosate, glyphosate, and pesticides, and so forth. So either Todd or Doc, either one, uh, maybe you can handle that one. I'll, I'll address, this is Todd. I'll address that. Right. You know, when you're, when you're a company and you're providing these new products to the market, the, our primary concern is the safety and the quality of the product. And so because it's such a new industry, we really have to do a lot of due diligence before we can accept a source as a, a, a as an ingredient to bring into our product lines. So in the early stages, the Europeans and the Chinese were the ones providing CBD to the market. The Chinese products were testing poorly. They had pesticides. They had residual solvents. There was other dirt and other uh, uh, earth materials in there that could promote bacteria, mold, mildew, all different types of things. The Europeans seemed to have it right. They never stopped manufacturing and growing hemp as a uh, as an industrial product. So they had the they had the separation technologies. They had the the right resources, and those were the initial places that we would source from. We would investigate the farms they came from. If they had an, an eco certification, an eco farm certification, that was the equivalent or even more stringent than a farm here in the United States that could be certified organic. So we would test the soil to make sure it was clean. We would test the water sources, make sure they're clean, test the plant materials at harvest, after extraction, and then after it was, uh, made it into the United States, we would test again. So we put a lot of mechanisms in place to, uh, to ascertain certainty that we had a safe product that had no heavy metals in it, no mold or fungus or mildew or any other uh, live mater uh, bioactive materials, and also that it did not have pesticides or other solvents on it. Those were the early days. Now that the, that the progression of the industry has led to uh, agriculture, uh, agricultural departments in various states that oversee and regulate this new industry, we can rely on other sources. Colorado is one of our primary sources. There are multiple farms in Colorado that are in in strict uh, compliance and adherence to the regulations where we can now track, trace, and certify that the products and the sourcing is safe. And we, we, we rely on labs. We rely on third-party labs to, uh, to create the, the necessary tests 
to test for all the uh, the pollutants that we uh, just recently recently talked about. So, as a patient, as a client, as a consumer of these products, sourcing, in my opinion, is the most important thing. I still have a tremendous fear about any product that I cannot trace back to its origin. If you can't trace it, there's usually a reason. It's been uh, sent to a different country. It's been put a stamp on from one country after it came from another. There's a lot of uh, shell game action going on in the CBD. Okay, I think Consumer, that's really know, important. Yes, it's, it's very that's important. That's really an important point. Uh, that, that's really where we have to start because, you know, we talk on this pro- this program all the time about inflammation being the, chron- the cause of most chronic diseases. We talk about contamination. We talk about uh, endocrine disruptors, and we talk about the lead that's in lipstick that women put on their lips every day. So, obviously, if you're going to take a product like CBD, uh, you want to know its source. That's right. You want to you trust know, a company product that does so many things. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's where we started. We're a compliance company in general. That that's the spirit of our technology services. But when you're putting, you're consuming a product, you're putting your body, the the expectations and in, in the anticipations of the average everyday consumer is for health benefits. If you're going to make their health worse or compromise their health in, in by introducing a foreign object to it. Why are we in the business? And, and unfortunately, this is industry-wide. It, it takes place in many industries that are selling you the next best, greatest thing and not really providing you a product that has any value or, in some cases, has a detriment to you. So knowing that source, doctor, I, you know, our feeling is if we don't know it, we're not selling it, we're not going to make a product, and we're not going to endorse it. Excellent. I think that's a great point. Dr. Jerry, any questions for uh, Todd or Dr. Raza? Yeah, uh, Dr. Raza and, uh, and Todd, I, I have a question, and it may sound off the wall, but um, I deal a lot with EMFs and the damage that EMFs can do. What possibility if the stored product of CBD is being contaminated by EMFs from you know, cell towers, will that pick up the the distorted uh, signal and it imprinted into the oil. I, that's a that's a pretty loaded question. I, I'm not sure how to answer that. You know, what we know about the hemp plant is this: it is it grabs the entire environment that it grows in, much like a grape. A grapevine grabs the air, the the smells, the pollens the soil, the water, it grabs all of that to make a unique grape. Uh, hemp is the same exact way. It grabs everything from the soil, the water, the atmosphere. Everything that comes in contact with that plant affects the nature of that plant at the point of harvest. So when we talk about uh, industrial hemp or even marijuana, you're talking about terpene profiles. This is what the plant grabs in from the environment and turns into odors or flavor or, or different profiles that on top of the cannabinoid profile are all part of this very complex plant. So knowing that, is an EMF affecting a plant material? Maybe. It's possible. Yeah, my, you know, my big concern is yeah, the, the final product was uh, Emoto, the Japanese researcher, mm-hmm. showed that if you took a photograph uh, and you put water uh, a glass of water on it, it imprints the frequency of the photograph into the water. And all I'm saying is that you have a finished product that's sitting on a truck or sitting in a warehouse, and, and they have Wi-Fi in that building. Is that Wi-Fi imprinting a toxic frequency into the finished product? Dr. Raz, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I mean... You know, I, I, so I have not researched or uh, dived deeply into that area. So, uh, honestly, I can't offer any type of advice on that. Because the reason I throw this up is, you know, uh, back in the 1990s, Judy uh, Mikovits was a researcher for NIH, and they were growing uh, vaccines on chicken embryos. And unbeknownst to, to the, all the researchers, the vaccines that were being produced on the chicken embryos were picking up the retroviruses from the chicken and, and contaminating them and causing havoc. I think this is one area that's not being 
addressed because they're unaware of it. And, and it could be a, a serious issue and, and just being ignored because of ignorance. Dr. Right. Jerry, it could Dr. be. Dr. Ron, I, mean, I would I, take... You could take this to almost any pharmaceutical, though. I mean, any product sitting on the shelf today with Wi-Fi being so ubiquitous all around us and all the different frequencies we're being exposed to. So, you know, even the water you drink uh, can absorb well, these I agree. frequencies. So, so, yeah. so, That's I mean, what I'm saying, that, that yeah, there may be some some type of protection that could be done. But anyway, the point I want to say is I'm not disputing the quality or the, you know, the activity of CBD oil. I think it's great. But our environment is so damn polluted today that, um, you know, you know, you get a good vitamin. Okay, you go through the airport, the x-ray. Do you have to wrap it in foil to protect it from being contaminated from the radiation when you're going through the airport? Yeah. If I may just, uh, if I may just add to that uh, real quick, the information that I have uh, is that, you know, the amount of environmental electromagnetic forces that may act upon a plant to change its, let's say, molecular structure and the way it acts in the body is really non-comparable to the forces that are acting within the body with regards to charges and nuclear positioning on the quantum level of, elect of electrons, the spin of those electrons. I mean, you're talking at a level where the amount of energy of external electromagnetic forces that actually can produce a significant change, I don't even think it's feasible at this point until there is greater levels of those electromagnetic forces because our own body has much more of, of a profound effect as far as electromagnetism is concerned as compared to the environment. I mean, our bodies are basically run on, on, on a charge. That's what we, how we run. Uh, you know, everything from electrical activity in the brain down to our muscle contraction. It all has to do with shifts in positive and negative ions across cell membrane to initiate a response. Now, imagine the electromagnetic force that's generated by a single cell at that level, and that doesn't change the CBD molecule in any of its form or structure or function. I don't think uh, external electromagnetic waves are going to do much at this point unless, you know, the CERN accelerator uh, develops a, uh, a smaller particle than the Higgs boson. All right. Well, that, that's something that you know our listeners uh, know how we feel about, and that, uh, we'll have a we we can talk to them about how they can when we have talked to them how about how they can protect themselves against EMF uh, frequencies. But Dr. Raza, does the endocannabinoid system it's a, is it naturally occurring, and and can we make endocannabinoids? Endogenous? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We do make end, uh, endogenous endocannabinoids. Uh, two of the more uh, uh, common ones are anandamide and 2-acylglutarol, uh, or 2-AG, and uh, these act on both the CB1 and CB2 receptors. This whole endocannabinoid system is, is, uh, has been present in the, from the simplest vertebrae. So the beginnings of life had an endocannabinoid system, which is mind-blowing. And to not to consider this uh, as, as part of a human disease process, is it, it, I mean, it, it's a injustice to mankind, uh, how it actually plays into those roles. So we do have this elaborate system and how it affects uh, different aspects. We're beginning to find out even more receptors, like the vanilloid receptor uh, is involved. Uh, and that, of course, interacts with a lot of neurotransmitters in the brain. So here we're talking PTSD, anxiety, autism, attention deficit disorders, always begin to start uh, getting into the sort of the target populations of how this can help. Then you also have the adenosine receptor. We're going to find out more and more on the subtypes of those adenosine receptors and where they sit. Some of them sit in the coronary arteries. So we know that CBD can also affect the whole process of atherosclerosis. And, again, that being inflammation again. So, uh, I mean, I can go on and on, and, and you usually have to stop me like you did last time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, that's my passion. I, I mean, this is the answer for humanity, guys. And uh, – and All right, well, CBD is just yeah. one of, what, 80 or so compounds, right? And right. and if we're going to be holistic and naturalistic about everything, uh, they they talk a lot about the entourage effect or using all of them together. So as you start stripping out the uh, CBD, what, how do you think that, that, that affects its results? Well, I, th I, think, I think you certainly do need uh, the uh, spectrum profile. Uh, because 
CBD in itself, uh, it, uh, it, it relies upon those additional compounds for it, it to actually improve function. And that's the whole theory about using CBD synergistically with other compounds. Uh, such as, a, let's say, a stronger anti-inflammatory uh, component or a neuroprotective component. Uh, it's adding that synergy, and that's what the terpenes do. They add the synergy to uh, its own bioavailability, its ability to interact with other receptors. So the profile assists in that process. I can add to that, too, a little bit. Um, you know, from a... a from our standpoint, in the early stages of testing, we actually wanted to know if you did. Everybody was talking about the entourage effect. You got to have this. You got to have some THC. You got to have these terpene profiles. So initially, we did our testing with all of that included, the full spectrum. In the third and final test, we actually isolated the CBD down to an isolated molecule. It was a 99% plus pure molecule that we then introduced to the body through the GI tract. And we found it to be equally as effective as the full spectrum when it came to one measurement that was reducing neuropathic pain. So we did have to dose at a higher level because of our target of delivery being the small intestine, but the, the end result was the reduction in pain indicators and pain thresholds reduced and at 65% within a week or two of treatment. So there is a, there's an argument for plant-based materials to be working with other plant-based. So as a principle uh, in our product lines, when we do isolate the material down to a single molecule, we reintroduce it back to the body with other adaptogens or other complementary plant materials that work in sync with that molecule in the body. So, yeah, there's an argument for entourage, but there's also an argument where you can isolate and then reintroduce it back into supportive uh, supportive herbs and, and natural remedies. So it's it, it, there's a lot of science that needs to be done here. We are so early stage in this. This is going to go on for decades while they figure out all the best ways to utilize this one beautiful molecule. Yeah, just and just to add to that real quick, uh, what Todd is mentioning is, uh, yes, you, we need to define whether the spectrum works better or the isolate works better in certain disease states. For example, people with ulcerative colitis, you want to use a, a full-spectrum type profile with the terpenes because of its local action within the intestine itself. So in that scenario, you have the uh, sort of uh, the spectrum working better than the actual isolate itself. So would it be uh, correct to say that the CBD, in a sense, is pushing the reset button of the body, just like the reset button on your DVR, you know, corrects all the problems and takes it back to factory default? Well, you can, you can certainly say that. It, it, it does reset the system in a way that – and the body is very uh, unique in metabolizing the CBD – uh, in a sense that, let's say, you know, the uh, mice have given been given a thousand times human doses, so with, uh, without any side effects or any uh, ill effects on the mice, uh, no problems in cognition or eating or sleeping behaviors in the mice, no problems in activity of the mice. So what this shows is that the body has an elaborate system of getting rid of the excess amount of CBD and uses what it needs to adjust those systems that are out of balance. So, yes, you know, uh, basically it is a reset button in, in that sense. And also, how effective is it in um, detoxifying, let's say, chemotherapeutic agents from the body? Well, I mean, the, uh, the direct detoxif uh, uh, detoxification effect uh, is achieved, again, by uh, incorporating better filtration to the kidney, also the effects of the uh, enzyme systems within the liver that detoxify these chemicals, uh, which is also a very, very intriguing process of how CBD acts on those receptors uh, with regards to liver detoxification. Um, and and one, of the, one of the greatest things about it is that its effect on that system uh, can influence the amount of drugs within the body. Here in this sense, uh, with regards to the chemotherapy, having a, a, a less of an uh, effect on those systems 
leads to less toxic effects of the chemotherapy itself. So, so uh, in, in a way, you're protecting the body by giving CBD so that the patients can tolerate uh, the exact amount of chemotherapy dosing because that is one of the problems. When you, uh, patients began to uh, develop symptoms and complications of the chemotherapy, that's when the compliance rate goes down. So in a way, you're improving compliance by adding CBD to that regimen, allowing the body to be in balance and to tolerate chemotherapy much better. Yeah. Another quick question. Have you had any experience piggybacking it using the structured water that has um, an angle of 114.5 degrees to increase the absorption uh, of the product into the cell membrane? Uh, we specifically have not looked into that as far as any type of uh, cellular or uh, clinical research, but I've seen it uh, uh, certainly in, in, in research uh, and how it could be applied. Uh, certainly, I think there's some advantages to that, uh, and uh, I think thermal properties, understanding the thermal properties and how they actually shape the molecule of CBD becomes more and more important, but we certainly need more research information in that to even comment further on that. Have you had any experience with I'd like to add, I'd, I'd like to add a little bit to that. Uh, okay. I would yeah. be cautionary on water as a delivery method today. You know, right. there, there's a lot of people saying we have CBD water. It's you're you're trying to uh, disperse a plant fat into water. It doesn't. Right. They don't mesh together. It's oil and water, so it separates. So you're just drinking water with CBD in it that's floating around in small particles. It could be nanoparticles or, you know, use liposomes or mycelization to get it to suspend. But people need to understand it's not integrated with water yet. They haven't – that part of the science has not been uh, accounted for. So you would say liposomal liposomal would be more efficient delivery system then? Yeah, it, it, it seems to penetrate the – it increases absorption in different parts of the tissue in the body. So if, if you're going to do it, you can mar- – that's why we marry it with other plant, plant fats. We would rather work with fats, you know, something that the molecule is comfortable within and can exist in rather than just, just stick it in water and say we've got CBD water. You know, when, right. when we introduce it to water, we're mixing it with other things as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that in, uh, uh, as well. And, and the, going on to the cellular level, since all of our cell membranes are lipid-based, you have very easy diffusion of that molecule across those membranes because it's lipid-soluble. Well, Doc, Doc, I have about 30 questions came in on, in the chat room about Parkinson's disease and CBD and neurodegenerative diseases. So maybe... Uh, you can maybe treat uh, go over that with a with a uh, broad stroke of uh, say let's just say Parkinson's disease is it is it effective and what would be the best mode of delivery for that disease if you do know? Yeah, uh, well uh, let's 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 group that into uh, neurodegenerative diseases, uh, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, Huntington's. Uh, these are all fall within that neurodegenerative space. And, and here we have a process, again, going on in the body or in the brain that is marked by inflammation. And the inflammation is developing because of a certain protein that is being deposited, whether at a nerve terminal, whether in the parenchyma of the brain or the structure of the brain, or is it being deposited along the nerve fibers that uh, are responsible for conduction of nerve signals. So you have a sort of an array of neurodegenerative conditions. For example, in, in, in multiple sclerosis, you have sclerosing of the myelin sheets that cover the nerves themselves, and that impairs conduction. Now, now, now that we have established the sort of the underpinning of these diseases, and what is that? Inflammation. And how does CBD help in those cases? Well, it is a very potent anti-inflammatory. And how does it achieve those anti-inflammatory effects? both in the brain and in the periphery, even on nerves and nerve endings and pain fibers, it, it actually begins to what is called immunoregulate, immunomodulation. And that takes into account all of your immune cells, uh, your T cells, your B cells, your leukocytes, 
These are all responsible for an inflammatory reaction against a foreign protein or, or an organism to fight against it. That process gets accelerated without any check or control when the human endocannabinoid system is insufficient. Receptors are present on all that I mentioned above, uh, the two major receptors being CB1, CB2, as I mentioned. So you're attacking the root of the problem. You're not attacking the sort of the upper level uh, a hierarchy of the problem. Say, uh, well, Parkinson is a dopamine problem. We need to replace it with more of this. Box the dopamine here. You're, you're, targeting, you're, you're basically not treating the cause of the problem. The cause of the problem is inflammation. And that's where CBD comes in, begins to balance that uh, inflammation. It starts mitigating those pathways that are responsible for that. As I mentioned earlier, the, all the prostaglandins, the leukotriene, the, uh, the uh, chemokines that are re released within the local area that result in damage. So um, in answer to that question, it becomes a very important form of therapy because, again, you, you're going at the bottom of the root of the problem. Well, the second part of the question is, what would be the system? Would it be transdermal, oral, sublingual? Is it, it would well, one delivery system be better than another? Yeah. Uh, well, um, the way I, I, I like using the delivery system is depending on where the disease is. So let's say it's Parkinson's. Parkinson's has a central nature. Uh, in other words, within the brain, it also has a peripheral nature with regards to rigidity uh, and the muscle spasms that they have. So you want you want to attack this type of scenario where you have good systemic levels of CBD going into your body. So in that scenario, I like bypassing the liver metabolism uh, of CBD so that you have more direct effects of the molecule, and you can accomplish that through sublingual. You can accomplish that through transdermal. You can accomplish that through vaping uh, and, uh, and even uh, intranasal uh, 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 preparations can also bypass the liver metabolism. So you have multiple ways of achieving that. Now, certain disease states require a sort of a continuous plasma level of CBD. For example, epileptic patients, you want to maintain a steady plasma level in those patients. Why? Because that is what's going to suppress the epileptic activity. Whereas in Parkinson's, you have balance. So even taking, let's say, sublingual twice a day in Parkinson's is good. It's fine. We don't need to maintain a steady state plasma level. Whereas in epileptics, you do because any uh, sort of a valley from the peak that occurs, that actually reduces seizure threshold. So people can have seizures. Uh, so you want to maintain a nice level. And with that, I like to accomplish that with patches. In other words, a continuous, let's say, a 48, 72-hour patch where there is continuous delivery. Um, and the one example that I gave earlier with regards to local effects, well, then, you know, you can use creams and roll-ons on joints and arthritis, have local penetration. For example, in the GI tract, as I mentioned, if people have colitis, or inflammation, you want to use a pill or a capsule because of not only its local effect, but also its systemic effects when it's absorbed. So that's how you tailor delivery and dose and dividing of doses and understanding the plasma level, understanding the levels of disease stage. If someone is Parkinson's in stage four, you need to be much more aggressive and you need to be, uh, uh, in, in treating those patients. If someone is a lower grade, let's say a level one rheumatoid arthritis, you can go easy. You can use tailored dosing on divided dosing. So you have multiple alternatives in how you can administer the CBD. Okay, so let's just summarize where we're at now. The CBD is helpful in anything associated with inflammation and autoimmunity. Is that a, is that a correct statement? That is a correct statement. Okay, and... Uh, I need to, our audience to know that there's a ton of of diseases, the neurodegenerative diseases we just talked about. We talked about we didn't talk about beta amyloid because we're going to have a show on that. But what does it affect the beta amyloid? Yeah, actually, as far as you know. Oh, uh, it, it certainly does. It actually uh, affects uh, 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 genetic 
uh, genes that are responsible for beta amyloid production. And that is why CBD is becoming a more and more important of a, uh, what I termed before, a, a epigenetic substance. And again, epigenetic, what that means simply is the ability of a compound to turn on and off genes within the DNA. That's very, very big because that process is very, very highly tuned. And to have CBD as a part of that becomes very important. So in answer to your question, when you're able to shut on and off amyloid genes and, and, and uh, uh, reduce their production, well, then you are reducing the main factor that is responsible for neurodegeneration within Alzheimer's patients. And we're beginning to find out that beta amyloid production is also increased in other neurodegenerative conditions that are not Alzheimer's based, such as vascular dementia. Vascular dementia is where people have minute micro-sized uh, strokes uh, in the brain, which then leads to inflammation and damaging of, of specific brain parts. So in that case, uh, 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 understanding the beta amyloid and how CBD can affect that also becomes very, very important because, again, if you're not balancing the system within the brain, then whatever you're using to treat Alzheimer's, you're not going to accomplish those goals. Um, and and um, uh, one other mechanism within that neurodegenerative space is the fact that CBD very much acts like uh, part of the, what is called the parasympathetic nervous system. In other words, it, it actually improves the amount of what is called acetylcholine in the brain and in the periphery, which is very important for nerve transmission as well as motor function. So we know that already, yeah, how that can help Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and Huntington's and Tourette's. Uh, 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 patients. Okay, so uh, you know that that this is great stuff, and I and I want to uh, I may call you later because I have Dr. Bennett Amalu on the program next month, and you know he's a CTE expert, and one of the things that he looks for uh, in, is is, yeah, is amyloid. Be, uh, I, I would love to be on the phone call with uh, Dr. Bennett. I'm, uh, uh, I've had conversations with him. We've exchanged uh, messages on LinkedIn as well. He's seen the work I've done. I would love to be on that call. And, uh, and really, us together could bring forward a lot of education uh, to your uh, listening population. All right. Well, we're, we're sort of we, – let's, let's, we have a, still some stuff I want to cover. I mean, uh, uh, we did most of the degenerative stuff, the inflammatory which is, and the autoimmune. I, um, you did mention the P uh, uh, cytochrome 450 uh, enzyme in the liver. I guess my, my my last question on medicine is what medications should be not be combined with CBD because a lot of them depend on that system to be detoxified? Yeah. Well, actually, that's a question. I mean, uh, if we look at all the major pharmaceutical drugs, uh, about good, almost up to 90% of our metabolized through that system. So you really cannot leave many drugs out uh, with regards to that. Uh, it has to go through that metabolism to get detoxified. With that said, uh, CBD has, uh, from the multiple research studies that have been out there, uh, has shown that it has negligible effects. Uh, however, we also have to be careful that in higher doses, there's a competition going on at that enzyme level. What happens is that when CBD attaches to the cytochrome P450 system, the way it gets metabolized is by oxidation. So a hydroxy atom is placed on the CBD molecule. Now, that addition of that hydroxy molecule it actually creates higher affinity for the C, uh, uh, P450 system. Uh, and if you think about it, I don't want to make it complicated, but that in itself becomes a higher affinity, which, of course, can reduce the metabolism of uh, other drugs. For example, Coumadin or Warfarin. Uh, since it's heavily metabolized by that system, when you have a hydroxy uh, a CBD, that will prevent its uh, breakdown. So... At times, you would have to monitor a certain drug level. But with that said, that the effect on the system as a whole to, to really produce toxic effects of like what we mentioned about chemotherapy and multitude of other medications is, is negligible. There has been no reports of, of, of uh, interactions on that level uh, where it has caused 
significant fire. All right, so on a practical basis, if a person is taking uh, Coumadin and they also want to try CBD, uh, then in your opinion, it doesn't matter if they take them both at the same time or should there be a space, a, a time gap between the two medications, between the medication and the CBD? Well, I would, I, I would space it. I would uh, space it with, a, with four hours, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, but even combined dosing has not produced any significant effects on the Coumadin level. INR, which is the uh, standard of testing for Coumadin, has been checked in these studies, and they found that multitude of different dosing, whether it's, it's given together or separated by hours, uh, really does not have effect on the INR. So, you know, there's a, again, there's an incredibly complicated and elaborate process going on, and it seems like this system just balances the the everything around what it affects. Uh, so the not control off delete. Go back. <laughs> What's that? Hit your control off delete button and get back to to, to the to the home page. Right, reset everything. Exactly. 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 So All right, um, I have a question uh, for Todd before before we go on, uh, Doctor. Yes. Uh, Todd, yes. what different delivery systems does your company provide to the consumer? We provide all they mentioned. We we provide uh, vape mechanisms. Uh, it's not our first choice, and it's not for everybody. But there it, there certainly is a place for microdosing through the vape mechanism, which is a lung delivery system. We offer oil tinctures for the oral delivery. Uh, we also have capsule formulations uh, that are have a delayed release mechanism to them that help address and deliver the product through the small intestine to the C, more of the CB2 uh, receptor platform. Uh, in a lot of these cases that you guys have been talking about, dual therapy is a, a very good way to address getting CBD into the body, especially in these chronic inflammatory conditions, where you do an oral delivery system to address the CB1 receptor sites and you do an internal uh, delivery method to get more into the arterial system and getting into the vital organs where the CB2, the CB2 receptors lie and can integrate as part of, part of the treatment. So we have a multitude of products. We have salves and balms that can be applied to the skin that have proven to be very effective at on-site inflammation and pain. Uh, we have some commercial products too like energy drinks and uh, chai tea drinks that offer uh, both oral and guttural and GI tract delivery systems. So every system that we have that we offer as a product has a, a specific delivery point that benefits the consumer. There's nothing that is there that's not going to deliver a therapeutic value. So, you know, you go back to your dosing, doctor. It's you start low and you work your way up. This is not a start high to see how much a person can take before they, they crack. It's, you know, very uh, a very small amount of CBD goes a long way in the body that helps that reset button that you're talking about. Absolutely. It gets in the body. The body is very efficient at utilizing this molecule, and in very small doses, three to five milligram type dosing ranges, profound effects can take place in the human system. I think that's great information. That is excellent information. So my brother retired early because he said if work was any good, we'd be giving it to children and the elderly. Uh, so is there any any contraindication to giving this to, to, to kids or the elderly? It's our two biggest markets. You know, the, okay. the elderly patients, and I'll start at 50 years old because I've now crossed that barrier, but it, it's the, the older guys and girls that, they want to stay active, and they, they don't want to end up in that, that full degenerative state. They're starting to look out for their own health. And when we see on, a, on an anecdotal basis, we've seen we've had hundreds to thousands of testimonies at every, various different levels. The, old, the old, older people are using it for mobility issues, for better sleep, for pain reduction, inflammation reduction, better mobility in their joints. We see people go from not being able to crochet a blanket to being able to crochet a blanket just because they got mobility back in their hands. Simple things that affect us on a daily basis are being addressed with CBD. You look exactly. at children. Parents are, are they're scared. They're, they're protective. 
they don't want to keep giving their their kids drugs, one hard drug after another, one long-term uh, chronic condition drug after another. So they're seeking alternatives. They're trying to get rid of the side effects that are affecting their children. So that population right there is doing research. They're hearing through the grapevine. They're seeing other kids benefit from this. There is a wave of parent education going on today. So, you know, that one child that we're talking about that uh, stopped a seizure in the middle of a seizure from CBD made this all possible. That's what started this wave. And there, there are parents with uh, seizure disorder-related uh, uh, issues. There's autistic kids on the full spectrum, ADHD, all the different uh, attention deficit and hyperactivity disorders are being addressed. They're not cures, but it helps with the, the, the supportive effect of treating a patient to help bring them back to homeostasis. Children, it, you know, yeah. there's doctors now this? Using, utilizing this with all patients. Yeah. Have you used it in the pet arena? Yes, we are. We uh, we we launched a product a year ago, uh, in a very small dose, a two milligram dose, single treat a day for dogs. And now we've had a year of feedback from veterinarians, from rescue clinics, from animal hospitals, and pet owners across the full spectrum. It's the same thing. The old dogs, the eight-year-olds and above, are getting their mobility back. They're getting their energy back. Their quality of life has improved. End of life. When, a, when veterinarians are only prescribing more and more medication, owners are switching to CBD to provide comfort and, and relaxation and proper respiration and proper sleep to their animals. We've seen dogs, we've seen dogs with few, naturally few spines going from not being able to walk out the front yard to going for a walk with an owner. Why is this happening? The big why. So it works in dogs. It works in cats. Now, we've even been testing it on horses. And in relatively small doses, a 1,000-pound animal is benefiting from the use of CBD, both in cognition, in uh, the, the anxiety and tension that horses feel when they're trailering or they're performing, uh, stress and anxiety has been a big issue with the pet industry. You know, separation anxiety, travel anxiety, environmental anxiety, outside noise from fireworks and storms. CBD is addressing this in an animal. These animals don't lie about their behavior. There's no placebo effect with these guys. So when an owner sees their pet going from being a freaked out animal from the sound of thunder to being calm and relaxed and recognizing it without being sedated, and not overreacting, this changes the quality of life for the pet owner too. So it has been a phenomenal wave of success just by introducing this in delivery methods that are well taken and well supported by the dogs and the cats. Very, that's really interesting. Uh, Todd and, and Doc, let's just take. Uh, let me get get Marty in here because if it wasn't uh, for Marty Berman, uh, you, uh, I would not have known about you and uh, and wouldn't have been able to uh, take up your time here. Marty, uh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Uh, this is a, an unbelievable conversation. I'm really enjoying it. Well, so so am I, Marty, and thank you, Marty. Uh, these products that we're talking about, you have them in your store, correct? That is correct. Uh, Todd introduced me to these products probably about a year ago. I was very skeptical because I didn't know much about it. I didn't know much about the legality of it. Um, I didn't know how we would market it to our customers. And as soon as we started stocking the product, uh, customers were widely aware of it, um, and and they came in in droves after we started to sell it. you know, the results have been unbelievable. I and mean, you don't have to wait very long for this. Within about five to ten minutes after giving our customers a sample, they were com- they were leaving and then coming back from the from the parking lot and saying, I, I got to try a bottle. So uh, it's pretty amazing. We, we carry the extended release uh, capsules. Um, we sell the uh, the oils in three different three different sizes now. We've had to. Um, accommodate a lot of people with the three-month supply that Todd provides us. And uh, we also have the phytobites for dogs. We have the, uh, the bombs, which work very good in sprays. So uh, we're so happy that we brought this to the community 
and it's uh, it's not stopping. It's growing every day. Oh, that's great. And uh, uh, just just let our listeners know that if we have some listeners in the Delaware County area that where you're located and how they can contact you. Sure. It's uh, Berman's Health Shop. We're located at 3409 Edgemont Avenue. Uh, that's the main hub of Brookhaven. Um, we're right in Pennsylvania. Uh, our phone number is 610-874-8418. We also have some, some great information and some videos on our Facebook page. Uh, we also have a, a great website that has some great information at BermanHealthShop.com. That's B-U-R-M-A-N-S HealthShop.com. So, Marty, tell your dad, I'm only two years younger than him, but I'm, uh, I'll am i be up to see you in November 2nd, 3rd, somewhere in that area. Uh, I was glad to see him uh, in, in your shop. Yeah, Dad, um, the, recently my brother sold our pharmacy, and uh, my dad's retired now. He had he had a bit of a uh, heart issue uh, this summer, but he's, he's coming back strong, and he's agreed to come in a couple hours a week and at 80 years old and uh, – and help me out here at the store. And I, I think it's great to have a pharmacist uh, perspective on these things. And, you know, he, he, said, he, he asked about 